everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Classics podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about the Disney canon and it's so much fun. And we love to have guests on to share their ranking of the canon. We have another special guest with us today. And I'm from Critic Race Wagner. Stanford's here. Hey. And today we have one of my first friends from YouTube way back 2014. I mean, I think you watched one of my very first videos that I did uh, the where I, I did a, uh, a DVD review and somehow you found it or something like that. And, and early, early on, you were a supporter of my channel. Steve, the lawn gnome is here and thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Oh, it's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to be uh, working with you again, Rachel. We have worked numerous times. I still remember. And sometimes I still go back to the video where we talked about the Big Bang Theory right after the show ended. (laughs) That was so much fun. Mm -hmm. You were on the pilot episode of my short-lived show on my channel, uh, Sunday Sit-Downs, and we talked about being YouTube veterans. But uh, (laughs) I'm always excited to come back and talk about Disney. I mean, uh, even though my format has changed a little bit due to the fact I dedicate a little bit more time to the joys of parenthood. And I mean that when I say the joys of parenthood, I really do. But um, I still do my Out of the Vault series, which is where I talk about and review uh, Disney canon classics and Disney Pixar films. And even though they are not owned by Disney anymore, if it wasn't for John Lasseter, we wouldn't know about the wonder that is Studio Ghibli. Mm -hmm. So I talk about those as well. But it's going to be interesting today because these days when it comes to Disney canon classics or any Disney movie in particular, now it's more of a research project for me because (laughs) now that I have a little one, I'm revisiting some of these movies and I'm saying to myself, you know, are these still the same as when I was a kid? Am I going to look at these with a different perspective as an adult? And I'm just glad to be here to talk about Disney in a positive light because when you hear the words Disney and you take a look at the consensus, it's just, it's a a hot mess, plain and simple. It really is not good right now it's 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 a a problem but it's so interesting because we're going to talk about these different eras and i feel like disney is very cyclical about every 10 years they go through a crisis and then they get they have a a revival of some sort you know whether it's you know they with golden age and then that they had the war that caused them to and then they rebounded with uh with the uh, silver age and then they uh, had another dark time through the and then the Renaissance, and then, I just feel like they're always kind of doing that. And so, well, this it's a is- hundred years. So, what do you expect? Yeah, you yeah, knew it was bound to happen right. again. No one can be, you know, just yeah, on top for hundred years. But, but what inspired you to start out of the vault? Did you always have a love of Disney animation or animation in general? Oh, well, you actually are in for a rare treat because I actually brought a little something with me to show you. So (laughs) I am someone who likes to compile lists, even though you can find them anywhere these days. But when I was in elementary school, I started writing the list of all the Disney canon classics. So, (laughs) and I still still add it because it's still here. And it's not just that there's other things like Oscar winners. Like, I feel like if God forbid there was an apocalypse and I found a way to keep this alive, at least we know there'd be some pointless knowledge left in the world. (laughs) So I said to myself one day, I got to make sure that I watch every single canon classic because 
I don't feel like I'm a true Disney fan if I haven't seen them all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were so many that I had already seen thanks to, you know, my mother and father giving me the opportunity to go see these movies when they were re-releasing them in theaters. And of course, going to see all the, I mean, I went to start seeing new Disney canon classics right before the Disney Renaissance began. So my very first new real-time canon classic of theaters was Oliver and Company. And then okay. we just went straight on from there. Yeah. But um, no, I, I just love Disney. And I just said if there was any way that was going to get me to watch every single canon classic and talk about them, it was YouTube. So mm-hmm. that's how it happened. Well, you were pretty, I mean, have you been on YouTube for more than a decade now? In some form uh, or another. I believe I am going on 13 years at oh this point. Nice. So, yeah, so what in, inspired you to make that first video? Uh, just because of the fact that I think the movie that I had seen was Wreck-It Ralph. And I was going to review it. And I just said to myself, this needs to be something different. So I said to myself... Let me get started on this Disney only review series. Oh, so that what was the first for Out of the Vault. What was your that, first like? Do you remember your first like YouTube video period? My first YouTube video period is still on there. It's a pilot episode of me just introducing myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the that was me just basically asking people, what do you want to talk about? I'll talk about <laughs> movies, I'll talk about beer, I'll talk about whatever you guys are interested in. I yeah. I mean, YouTube was a whole different place then too. So yeah. Yeah. So did you, what inspired you to make that video? Well, it was just because I had this mission and then, you know, I wanted to give myself a proper introduction. So I was also given the opportunity to do the Disney film tag. So that was the first video on the out of the Vault series. And so then I said to myself, let me get started. So luckily I had some access to some DVDs from friends and some of my own personal videos at the time. So I also thought that it would be fun to not go from one to 53 at the time, because Frozen was just about to get released that year in 2013. Mm -hmm. So I was just like saying, I think if I skip around a little bit, it would just be something different. And it would just be fun to do a nice little hodgepodge all (laughs) over so you could see how Disney was and how they and what they became what they used to be how they were trying to become something different it was fun it was a fun journey and I'm just glad that um I have now officially seen every Mm -hmm. Disney classic except for obviously Wish which we will have to wait for for a little bit but I will see it I will see it yeah you know so you started out of the vault the year before I I did because I did my first Canon watch. That's why my original website was called 54 Disney reviews was because it was, uh, that was the plan. It was, that was all I was going to do. Cause I had torn my, uh, MCL on my knee. Right, I, couldn't, I, remember that. I couldn't move. And so I was like, well, I gotta do something. <laughs> I, I remember that. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah. And I mean, that's why I was so terrible, like SEO and stuff at the beginning, because I started all these different things with different names and, and now it's all Rachel's reviews. It finally got streamlined, but um, but yeah, that's why it was fifty four ten reviews at first. But don't you feel like a better person knowing that you took that journey? Yeah, no, I, it, I, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Stanford, when did you do your first Canon watch? Uh, it was in twenty ten. 
I was okay. I wanted yeah. because of Tangled being the 50th. Oh. I thought it would be fun to you know watch all 50. I, I had seen the majority of them. Maybe mm-hmm. not all the package films. Yeah. But anyway, it was still that was fun and then it ended up because uh I think like, I, it took me a little longer so I ended up being 51 in 2011 because of <laughs> you know Winnie the Pooh <laughs> the Winnie right. the Pooh reboot came out in 2011. But anyway, and then I was and I posted mine to Facebook. That's what oh, I was wow. you did, yeah. I was writing yeah reviews and mm-hmm. then I put them on my Facebook feed. So my so, Facebook page. Uh, so Steve, did did you um did you have any method to to win to I know you did yours out of order, which is what we did uh the second uh well I had reviewed the canon twice and then when we did it together for this yeah. podcast, we did it random, random. Which is like the, the random number generator tell us. Did you have any kind of method to what you reviewed when? I just said, which one do I want to watch today? <laughs> oh, okay. See, the problem right. with that would be is there'd be some I would never want to watch. <laughs> oh, trust me, there were some that I was dreading, but I said to myself, I don't want, well, one of the few things I did specifically say to myself is don't save the true dreck for last. Good call. Don't do that. <laughs> trust me, the la- what, what, what I officially capped off the entirety before the new ones were coming out, the last one that I watched was Pinocchio. And that one was very sentimental to me because that was one of the very first Disney classics I ever saw. So there's a lot of meaning in that movie to me as a a little boy seeing Disney Ken classics for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think because we did it, just the random number generator, I think our our third or fourth movie was Home on the Range. (laughs) So we we got it was, done. That was, <laughs> that was good. Early. That was not our favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, and one thing that you were so helpful at the beginning of my YouTube journey is you were so good about not only reaching out to me, but I you reached out to so many other YouTubers and uh, and I met so many people through you. Uh, like Allie, the little librarian uh, who came on for our little mermaid episode, which is one of uh, my all-time favorites uh, and uh, and people like that. I mean, uh, I guess what kind of gave you the confidence to just reach out to all these people do that? It was, it was really surprising because of the fact that, you know, us, we came from a generation that didn't even pretty got pretty much got introduced to the internet and we were all from the mentality of don't reach out to people you don't know you have no idea who's on the other end of that computer screen but it was just because of the fact that i was noticing that people were starting to collab with each other and reach out to one another and Mm -hmm. people were suddenly going from i want to go on youtube to be a content creator unto a person who i want to go on to youtube to make friends and find my people and that's what i think at least for a time i I don't really know how to describe youtube at this point i think us old fogies are the only ones that remember the good old days because people were actually nicer back then but um it was just a nice idea of actually meeting people who, when you were in school, you could never find that common ground. You never really had anybody to talk about all this nerdy, geeky stuff with. And then all of a sudden we're finding each other here. 
And it's really nice because even though I haven't met a whole bunch of content creators in person, I have still managed to create such extremely strong bonds because now I have a second channel that I work with various YouTubers and we talk about comic Mm -hmm. stuff there because Mm -hmm. the pandemic, I discovered comic books again and I needed something to do during the pandemic. Otherwise, (laughs) I think COVID would have killed me, literally. And yeah, I just yeah. it's just been like dipping back into my childhood because that's yeah. really what's so great about Disney and all the other things that I'm virtually obsessed with. It's just because of the fact that, you know, Peter Pan was always about never growing up, but it was Robert England from Nightmare on Elm Street said, I believe that the stigma of growing up no longer exists because <laughs> if you think about it, think yeah. about it really hard. No one says you're growing up anymore. Everybody says we're adulting now. So it's (laughs) all of us children that just have to be serious once in a while. It's (laughs) it's unreal to me. Well, and I really like the way that you always reached out to people beyond just the movie world. You had a ton of like booktubers on your show. You got, and, and that was a good, that helped me a lot in my early podcasting days with Hallmarkies because nobody knew who we were. Nobody, there weren't any other Hallmark podcasts at the time. And so there was no one else to reach out to. So you had to reach out to people that weren't in our genre. Um, Like my friend, Elisa, who was, who has a friendship podcast. I reached out to her and we've now done almost 50 uh, friendship episodes of Hallmarkies podcast together over the years. And, uh, and so I, I think that's something that, that I always admired about you is that you not only were really friendly, but you didn't have this like box of like, this is the people that I'm going to be friendly with. Well, that's the truth. I mean, I found the booktube community because I was just looking for something good to read. I need some recommendations (laughs) on books. So you got to venture out and try something. And I mean, that's again, I reached out to the booktube community because they seemed very friendly. I reached out to other people in the critics community because they seemed very friendly. So I reached out to the people I felt would be people who would actually respond to me. I mean, look, one YouTuber that I met is not only her and her family, two of my very good friends, but she's now officially my dentist. So (laughs) there you go. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. True. Well, let's dive in. Let's talk. We're doing, we've, we do these rankings different ways. Sometimes it's top 12 sometimes, but this time we're going to talk because you have watched the entire canon. We're going to talk about each of the eras, your, your highs and lows, and we'll share ours, of course. Um, but let's dive in. Let's talk about this golden age. Um, so okay. we have Snow White through, through Bambi, the first golden era. And uh, so what is your favorite and least favorite? Okay. Uh, my least favorite is, I, I don't know if I'm going to ruffle any feathers, but my <laughs> least favorite actually is Bambi. 
Okay. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because, you know, Bambi is ultra cute. Like, it's cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bambi is, fun fact, apparently one of the biggest inspirations to anime with the eyes. Oh, okay. That was a very big inspiration for Japanese anime when they were really starting to create it over there. And it's so funny because, like, I took a look at the old movie poster and it says the greatest love story ever told. And I watched it as an adult and I was I I was bored. I was so (laughs) bored with this movie. (laughs) I'm just like saying to myself, "Okay, Thumper with the ice and Bambi on the ice. But I'm just like. What even is this? Like, what was it about this movie that I liked as a kid? I couldn't, fi- I, I still can't figure it out to this day, I swear. It is a very cute movie. I have it at 29. It is also my lowest of this of this grouping. Uh, but, uh, you know, I certainly don't hate it by any means. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is a, a leisurely paced. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's funny because of the fact that I just remember absolutely adoring it when I was yeah. little. Like, I, yeah. I remember, like, I was at my grandparents' house and they borrowed a couple of Disney classes. I think I must have watched that thing while I was at my grandparents maybe 50 times. Well, I think we overstate how much little children need plot. I remember my younger brother, who was 16 years younger than me, he had used to have a video of construction equipment that he would watch. It was like an hour of like just watching trucks and stuff. Like they don't require a lot of plot when you're little. Like you just yeah. like watching construction stuff or animals or something like. That. So I, I it kind of makes sense when you think about it. But I mean, it, it's very, very, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, gorgeous. It, it, animation wise, yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I will say that I do love the song April Showers. It really is very yeah. calming and serene. I always that song yeah. always goes through my head during um during a little uh, April shower, actually, yeah. like when it rains, because I actually do love the rain, <laughs> except when it floods my basement. But right. um yeah. yeah, I I just I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say everybody should feel the same way that I do. And I will also say that I think I might be one of the very few kids that did not cry when Bambi's mom died. I didn't die when Bam- I didn't die. I didn't cry when that happened, nor did I cry one tear during ET. So maybe there's something wrong with me. I have no idea. Well, everybody knows I'm like a I'm a faucet. I cry at everything. So it's not it's not an accomplishment to make me cry. But I like to tease Stanford that he hates animals. So I mean, how do you feel about Bambi? Well, I actually think Bambi is pretty great. But so but but I have all five of these films. They're in my top uh 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the for me, the lowest one is Fantasia at 19. But it I love it, you know. Yeah. It, uh but it's just I, I like I like these other films just just to take better yeah. but i i have nothing but love and respect for fantasia so i i mean be i'm kind of sad to say that it's <laughs> it's so low but you know that's where it is in my ranking yeah i have fantasia at five so it is my favorite of this what's your favorite steve oh my favorite my favorite is my favorite of all time and that's fantasia mm-hmm. and the reason why i love fantasia yeah, to this very film. day it, it's because unless you count fantasia 2000 there's nothing else like it yeah. it's unique 
Yeah. It's it's also the reason why I have a very big love for classical music, whether it's an actual true classic piece or just a score from a favorite movie of mine, like yeah. anything by John Williams. I always go back to Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. And I just got to say, you know, you got to give Walt Disney a ton of credit yeah. because you have to remember that this is his third Disney classic. He had just given us already Snow White and had given us Pinocchio. He got all the praise in the world for it. But then yeah. he goes with his third one and says, I'm going to go and give you guys something completely different. I'm going to let music drive my next movie. Yeah. He was a lot bolder than I think he had given credit for. Because he could have easily just made a whole bunch of, of princess movies. And that's, that's not true. what he did. He, he could have easily done that. Uh, all right. Well, let's keep going. So we have the wartime era. Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Make My Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, Adventures of Ichabod, and Mr. Toad. So what is your least favorite of that group? Okay, before I get into that, I just want to let you guys know that the package films go in the golden age era for me because of the fact that my attitude is when you take a look at Snow White and the Seven Dwarves all the way to the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, there's a theme there. And the theme is these are not just for kids. These are not necessarily for kids. These are a lot of movies that were made for the purposes of adults viewing them. So the themes are not necessarily child-friendly because the next movie after The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad is Cinderella, and that is very much geared towards children. Mm -hmm. So that's why Mm -hmm. I classify the golden era as the general... you know, film appreciators series of films. That's Although basically what you, it was for me. I mean, fun and fancy free, you do have a whole birthday party. That's very true. That is very <laughs> true. And fun and fancy free happens to be my least favorite. And I think it's just because That's of the fact good. that the scene with Edgar Bergen creeped me out. I'm like, so why, is that, why is a child at a, <laughs> at a man's house and the man happens to be a ventriloquist with for a her very- birthday. But but where's her parents? Where are her friends? Why why is it just her there? I was so disappointed too because Edgar Bergen is terrible at ventriloquism. He was awful. <laughs> he, he was good when he made his appearance on the Muppet Show. I will give him that. Man, I I could see his mouth moving the whole time. I'm like I. So that was disappointing even on that level for me. I mean, that whole scene is just completely out of place. I just didn't understand the purpose of that. I mean, okay, so Jiminy Cricket is probably the highlight of that whole scene, but Jiminy Cricket is the highlight of any scene as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. That whole thing well, just seemed really out of place. Bongo, which is terrible. didn't like that either. Yeah. yeah. Bongo. Oh, Say yeah. it with a slap, you know, Rough. if you love somebody. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's love the love love the love the song though. Like the uh, the singer, you know, I, I love the singer. I really appreciated the fact that at least if there's anything that Disney did very well during the packaged era, he did give us some very well known musicians and vocalists. Have you ever seen the North Avenue Irregulars? It's a Disney. Uh, it's a obscure Disney live action live comedy. Action. Really fun. Uh, I have not. <laughs> anyway, there's just oh, a really Steve, funny. We need scene. to help. We need to get that to you. It's yeah, it's <laughs> a really funny scene where like we don't even look like the Andrews sisters. <laughs> um. So of these ones that we have in the package era, what would be your favorite? 
It's the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I mean, apparently, I'm not the only one that likes that one. I mean, I will definitely say that uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is the ultimate Halloween festival. Like, I love watching that specific short on Halloween. And it's amazing how creepy it gets. And I will say my favorite part about that, besides the fact that Bing Crosby is narrating, I got to give the fact that you got Basil Rathbone doing Wind in the Willows and you got Bing Crosby doing The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's beautiful right off the bat. But the animation of the Headless Horseman is godsend. Like, it's perfect. And the laugh, the laugh. That's Halloween in a nutshell. The the nightmare before Christmas has got nothing on it. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's fun. so good, yeah. so great. All right, well, I had so I had uh, Mr. Toad at thirty, and I think it is helped. It was my number one of this era, and it is helped. I think also by my affection for the ride, uh, Mr. Toad's ride in um in Disneyland. I love that ride. And the fact that he goes to you go to hell in the ride. Yeah, that is, is kind so of that is kind of crazy. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you get I, for speeding, driving yes. crazy. <laughs> um, and then my lowest is uh Salutus. My last ranking, I had Salutus Amigos as my lowest, just because I don't really even think of it as a movie. It's only forty-five minutes. Like the shorts are fine, but they're nothing special to me. So I did have that. And then I had Fun and Fancy Free at 53. So close. Those were both pretty low for me. I have, I had, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Please, after you, Steve. Well, I just wanted to say, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Rachel, I did want to say, I really appreciated your uh, facts that you gave when you were originally watching Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros. The history lesson behind that about how important those two films were during the war, I really never would have known about that. I, I was very thankful. And trust me, I have a wife who happens to be a history teacher. So the fact that I found out a little piece of history before she got there before me made me feel very good about myself. Yeah, I do think you could make a real, thank you for saying that. And and I think you could make a really interesting movie about kind of do an Argo type movie about the making of those films. Cause I do think they're, it's genuinely more interesting than the actual films. And yeah, they, made like a significant, a they made like a significant cultural difference. Like the There's, war really could have gone a different way if the South American countries had gone with the Nazis, which they very much could have done. So it was actually like propaganda that actually helped. There's a really yeah. cool documentary about that called Walt and and El Grupo that is oh, fantastic. Wow. I think it at one point it was on Disney Plus. I don't know if it still is, but I think you could also rent it or something. It's terrific because yeah. it's Frank Thomas's son who put it together and. And the animator Frank Thomas, you know, is one of the nine old men, and it's great. But I agree with you, Ray. She would be able to make a cool movie too. But it's a fantastic documentary. I have the Three Caballeros, the lowest. I hate that movie. <laughs> Even though I, I like the cause, I don't. I don't care for the film. And then <laughs> Donald just, chasing skirt too much. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but Donald has been known to do that from time to time. <laughs> and then the Adventures of Ichabod, Mr. Toad. Yeah, I have it at number thirty-two, and it's but it's it's my it's my favorite one of the year. I love it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, they're all very interesting films in their own special ways. I mean, I, I thought that uh, Make My Music and Melody Time definitely had some great moments. I mean, Peter and the Wolf, I remember seeing the short on its own, like in a Disney Day Off special and had no idea it was part of one of the packaged films. Well, and I, I love the score. I love Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. You remember how they used to have those sing-along tapes? Disney sing along with Professor what's with Von Drake professor, or whatever. Professor, no, I thought it was Professor Owl. No, no, no. It was the it was the what was his name? The Professor Ludwig Von Drake. Yeah, Von Drake. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, and uh, and yeah, they had. That's how I first got introduced to Peter and the Wolf. Was one of those Professor oh, wow. Von Drake. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So let's talk about the uh, Silver Era. You said it started with Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And then it, it goes Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, and The Sword and Stone. Mm-hmm. So, oh, out of those, what would you have as your lowest? My lowest? Um, probably Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the most heartbreaking moments when I was doing my out of the vault, because I'm just like saying to myself, why am I not liking Peter Pan anymore? It's, it was sad to me. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's just because of the fact that I just love Hook so much, but that's just me. And by Hook, I mean the Steven Spielberg classic, but uh, no, that, that, that is my Peter Pan. That will now always be my Peter Pan, but it was just, I remember when I actually saw Peter Pan as a kid when it was re-released in theaters for a short time. And I just remember walking out of that movie absolutely loving it. But then when I looked at it as an adult, I was so, like, my my heart sank when I saw how horrible Peter and Tinkerbell were. They are so I, mean to Wendy. I mean, they I really know. are. I, I'm I trying to pers- murder Wendy. I, I would personally say that if you wanted to, see, I would probably say to people that uh, in regards to the Disney animated Peter Pan, I thought Return to Neverland was better. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't. I haven't seen that for many, 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 many years. So I'd have to give it a rewatch. But uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't love Peter Pan. I have it at forty, so it's like in my uh, high on my I, I gotta side. be honest it, it just broke my heart when I felt yeah. that way after <laughs> watching it you know mm-hmm. yeah I I think I had that more with something like Oliver and Company mm. uh, that I had more sort of fond memories and watching it was like oh this is not great this is not mm-hmm. great but uh <laughs> I mean we have we had so few animated films in the 80s that you just appreciated whatever ones you thought <laughs> Yeah, that is very true. I mean, it was a very, the the 80s, even though that's, that's probably my, that's when I was born. I was an 80s kid. I think the 80s is probably the greatest time in the world because especially in the world of entertainment and pop culture, everything was just completely over the top and wacky, but Disney wasn't really hitting all the right notes, but there were some times when they did. I would personally say, and I'll obviously yeah. give you guys my thoughts on those when we get yeah. to that. The, yeah. I mean, little mermaid, it changed everything, but, um, but Sanford, you love Peter Pan. Where do you I love Peter? It? I love Peter Pan, but you know, yeah. let's talk about my lowest one. If that's okay. Is the sword, <laughs> yeah. is the, the sword and the stone is the one yeah. of this era that I really dislike. It is also my lowest. Yeah. But, and my highest is Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I think Cinderella oh. is just one of is 
is just one of the all-time best. I have Cinderella at number three in my in my ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have it at four. So we're on the same. Okay, yeah, that's right. We're yeah. on this, on this I, I highest and lowest. Yeah, Sanford, I got to agree with you about Sword in the Stone because I used to love that movie as a child. Yeah. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But I remembered <laughs> watching it when I was watching Out of the Vault and I was watching it and I was saying to myself, I thought this was so much better. I know, right? However, however, my wife and I will still say that we both still love Merlin and Archimedes with all our hearts. Yes. We do oh, love absolutely. Merlin. Absolutely. Love Merlin. I, I love the production design. I love the Wizards duel. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I, I think the problem with Sword in the Stone is that it, it's got some great characters. But the story is not as good as it could yeah, be. The yeah, because the lessons don't really matter. They exactly. don't really he doesn't really learn anything yeah. from them. And there's no payoff at the end when like he hasn't earned being able to pull the sword from the stone. He hasn't learned anything. And so it just feels like what? Yeah, he just pulls the sword from the stone because he's Arthur and that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, like congratulations, yeah. you broke a squirrel's he, heart. He, that's all yeah. you did. I know, that heartbreaking squirrel sequence. Like, you know, oh, I hate it. <laughs> no, there was, there's definitely there's definitely fun to be having. Like I said, it's Merlin and Archimedes that Mer- keep that yes. film from being truly, truly horrible. Amen. I totally agree. <laughs> I yeah. have it at 51 now, so I do have a pretty low... So uh, I also wanted to say, Sanford, I agree with you about Cinderella. Cinderella is probably one of the most perfectly packaged Disney films. Yeah, I you think got, so you, too. You got, you got one of the best princesses. Perfection. You got one of the best villains. Lady Tremaine is a scary villain. <laughs> oh. I mean, she names she her is. cat Lucifer. <laughs> well, Lucifer happens to be one of my favorite characters. I love that I know. Cat. Isn't Lucifer great? Yeah, Lucifer's I mean, every... just fun. Yeah. yeah. The no, whole movie I... is just... Yeah, I I will say one of the few things for me personally that I'm looking at, I'm looking at the list of films with me right here by Mm -hmm. my side. And I think one of the few things Silver Age got right is their villains. I think in just about every single one of these movies, there's an excellent villain behind those heroes. Because I I will, my my favorite movie in this bunch is uh 101 dalmatians oh, good and call. the reason yeah. why is because it's the very first disney movie i ever saw in theaters and that movie is just a fun adventure yeah. yes. you know it's, it's just a so great, great journey and my and, and i will never forget my, my wife every single time it's a cold day she goes my ears are froze and my nose is froze <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like oh my god yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love my favorite cat. I love me some Sar. I will take Sergeant Tibbs any day of the week. <laughs> I love that character. Yeah, yeah. He's I a have, great character. I have in this era. I have Cinderella at four. I have Hundred One Dalmatians at six, and I have Sleeping Beauty at seven. Sleeping so Beauty three in this yeah. era in my top ten. Sleeping Beauty, another one that I revisited because with me and Sleeping Beauty, my mom. Gate had a tape of it, but half the movie was like in bad picture quality. So for a long time, I never got to see Sleeping Beauty in oh, all wow. of its glory. Yeah, that was glory. Yeah. So <laughs> see, I also really appreciate the animation in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, it's yeah. very oh, different. And, is, and, Malef- and of course, Maleficent. I, Maleficent is yeah, talk wow. about villains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but. I- 
Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by W-Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. Join me, Daisy. And me, Claire, as we break down the IMDb Bottom 100, choosing a different film from the list every episode. We take a deep dive into the plot, production, release and reviews, usually with a special guest to uncover if these films are truly as bad as everyone says they are. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods and anywhere else you find your podcasts. talk about one specific movie because i've watched a few of your episodes rachel and a lot of people don't talk about alice in wonderland that mm-hmm, much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i yeah, love alice in wonderland as a matter of fact uh on my other channel that's comical uh my co my uh colleague in, in on the show cammy and i we talked about a comic book just came out called alice ever after and it's a very adult take on alice post wonderland and it's a very dark story but it's because of the fact that we both just appreciate lewis carroll's work in all its forms and it, it, what i love so much about alice in wonderland is that story has been redone in so many different ways on so many different kinds of mediums with so many different actors attached to it. And yet every single time you see it, it's something truly special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's our friend, feel. our friend, Jonathan did, uh, has done every version ever. And he's done, I don't even know how many on Alice in Wonderland. Unbelievable. Like yeah. so many. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you got that Mary Blair artwork. It's outstanding. I, I think the animation is outstanding. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very, it's because of the fact that you get to see, that's why Walt Disney had that very famous line, animation can create anything the mind of man that can conceive. In 1953, you could never create a movie like Alice in Wonderland like that. Mm-hmm. The fact that they had the animation, you were able to get all these crazy creatures. And yeah. today you see things like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland and you can get those crazy creatures. Mm-hmm. It, it's well, amazing. It's fun too, because I mean, it goes back to the early, early days of Walt Disney. I mean, with his Alice shorts, that was something he always wanted to do an an Alice in Wonderland. And so he finally got, he got to do it. Um, But let's move on. So the next era is the bronze era. So we have the Jungle Book, the Aristocats, Robin Hood, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the Rescuers, the Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, and Oliver and Company. Mm. So what's your least favorite of that group? Uh, probably, oh, the, wow. Because I would not, I usually don't put, the. I usually, the Bronze Age for me is the, actually, I put the Jungle Book with the Silver Age because that's the last movie that Disney made. So I kind okay. of quote there. But for me, the Bronze Age goes from the from the Aristocats to the Rescuers. And then I call um, the Fox and the Hound to uh, Oliver and Company, the Dark Age. Oh, okay. I like yeah. it, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so... Um, that's so you've given me a really tough spot, Rachel. So because of the fact that you've done this to me, I got to give it a tie for worst. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear the it. Black Cauldron and the Aristocats. Yeah. The Black Cauldron <laughs> makes me cry. And Gurgi makes Jar Jar Binks look like Sir Lawrence <laughs> Olivier. <Yeah. laughs> and and the Aristocats is a B, it's just a B 101 Dalmatians. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. I it has some fun songs, but that's about it. I have. Oh, Chris I love Katz. the music. I do love the music, yeah, and, I, I, am, and I, I do love Phil Harris as Thomas O'Malley. Yeah. You know, he is great. Phil Harris was a classic Disney voice. He's done so many great characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have it. This one, my uh, my lowest is also the Black Cauldron. Um, I'm also not a fan of the Rescuers. I have that at 54. I have Black Cauldron 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have the Aristocats of 52. So it's a race for the finish line. That's- yeah, with that era. I have the Black Cauldron. It's at the bottom of my list. This is at 61. Yeah. And uh, the Jungle Book. I love the Jungle Book. So yeah. I, I have that. Idea. See, I don't care for the Jungle Book much as the muse as a movie, but I love all the songs. I mean, yeah. the bare necessities. I want to be like you. I mean, I, I, I just felt that the problem was, I felt that the Jungle Book could have done a little bit more because when I went to see the John Favreau version of the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. I loved that so much more, particularly because of the fact that they gave Shere Khan a little bit more depth to him. And I mm-hmm. really felt that even though, I mean, personally, I prefer the animated version of Shere Khan in Tailspin. I like him better in Tailspin. <laughs> but I just felt that there was not as much as I want to see of him because they always talk about him, but he doesn't show up until the very end of the movie and he doesn't yeah. really get that much time on screen. When yeah. you get him in the live-action film, and of course you get Idris Elba voicing him, I mean, he's like, he's terrifying in that version. Mm-hmm. But I will agree, the music in The Jungle Book yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, you hurt my heart a little bit because The Rescuers is one of my personal favorites. Uh-huh. As a matter, yes. as a matter of, as a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, every night when we put our daughter down to bed, we sing the last verse of "Tomorrow Is Another Day." Oh, oh, I love cute. it. That <laughs> song, I, I think that the Rescuers has some is one of the most underappreciated films, and the reason why is because, and the reason why I have so much appreciation for it is because I am a massive Don Bluth fan. Don Bluth mm-hmm. is one of the greatest animated filmmakers ever. And that was his great film that he gave us from Disney. I I listened to you talk about The Rescuers many times, Rachel. So <laughs> again, everyone is entitled to their opinions. Yes. But I love The Rescuers story because it's, even though it's got talking mice in it, to me, I find it very, very real. I personally love Madame Medusa because she is Cruella de Vil on crack. And I appreciate how real she can get in a Disney film. And I just love the whole setting and I love the whole concept of the rescue mission. It's such a great film. And because of the fact that I split these two group, this whole group of films into two, it's a, it's basically the rescue is one of my favorites and Robin hood is another one of my personal favorites. Yeah, That's just a, that's such a fun movie. It's just so much fun. Many adventures of Winnie the Pooh is just pure innocence. There's no way to get around that. I think that the Fox and the Hound deserves more credit than it deserves. Mm -hmm. But um, for this specific show, if I'm going to give you guys my favorite film from this era mm-hmm. it gets it's like a fine wine it gets better with age every time i see it it's the great now detective i love that movie so much it is to me it's the don bluth movie that don bluth never made because it mm-hmm. feels like something he made it's 
a mystery. It's fun. It's adventurous. Basil is out of his rocker, and I love him so much. I'm pretty sure that Mark Hamill's inspiration of his version of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series came from Vincent Price voicing Radigan. And Radigan is one of my favorite Disney villains because he is yeah. so deliciously evil, and he knows it, and he's having fun with it. That's a great villain to me. And I just have, and- yeah. And the first, unless you count the pirate shanty, it's the first real villain song. Oh uh, God, I love the villain. Yeah. I love his song. It yeah. is. I just again, it's like I never saw that, and that's the funniest thing. I didn't see the Great Mouse Detective until I was fifteen years old. That was the first time I ever saw it. Yeah. So when I saw it as a teenager, I was just like saying to myself, "Wow, this is." <laughs> does not feel like a Disney film, but I kind of love it. And the more I watch it, the better it gets, I think. Well, I have The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh at 14, and then I have The Great Mouse Detective at 15. So those are my two top. So I agree with you. I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, and, and I, all, yeah. I love The Great Mouse Detective, too. Yeah. Oliver Winnie- and Company, unfortunately, just doesn't didn't stand the test mm. of time, but I love the songs. Yeah. Yeah, same. And Steve, I... I'm so glad I now feel like I'm no longer the only person in America who likes the rescuers. Um, there's so many. I know there's some others. I know. We, uh, I you know. know. Yeah, I mean, we've had some we've had some other guests, you know, on the show that, that, that like it. But... <laughs> it took us a while though. I know. How, how dare you not like Poor a movie Stan. with Bob Newhart in it? Come on. <laughs> Bob Newhart is like the greatest thing that America's got right now. Yeah. Well, and, all right. I, and the fox and the hound for me is really well i i really don't care for that film but the fox and the hound is an interesting one for me it's like i will agree that there's a lot of things about that movie that don't work but i will probably talk about the fox and the hound later when i talk about another personal favorite of mine because it's got a little bit of a similar plot to a different disney movie but Mm -hmm. the, the one that comes later did it much better all right, well, let's talk about the Renaissance. We have The Little Mermaid, Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. What do you have as your least favorite and favorite? Ooh, it's okay. Tough, no, 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 no. The Renaissance. Oh boy, this is where I'm going to get some people very, very mad (laughs) because I will say as a whole, for me personally, a lot of that age has not aged well for me. Ah, okay. (laughs) For the longest of times, uh, my favorite Disney film of all time was Aladdin. And then when I watched it as an adult, I just said to myself, outside of Robin Williams, something's not right here. I'm just not enjoying this as much as I used to. But mm-hmm. that's just me. But I, I will, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stir the pot here with one specific film because I will say that Beauty and the Beast is Disney perfection. And the fact that they tried to make a live action remake out of it makes me sick every time <laughs> I think about it. You can't, yes. you can't remake perfection. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Uh, my least favorite of this era is probably Mulan. It never mm-hmm. connected with me. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, my favorite is Beauty and the Beast. And then Aladdin. I mean, not Aladdin. Uh, the Little Mermaid. They're, they're kind of a co-hide for first place. 
in my mind. I love them both so much. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's my, my least favorite is Pocahontas. Mm. My favorite is Hercules. Oh, nice. My favorite, my favorite is Hercules because of the fact that it's like none of the other ones in this era. This one Mm -hmm. is so much fun. I mean, how could I ever, how could I possibly hate a movie where the villain is voiced by James Woods. Hades is my favorite Disney villain <laughs> because he's not yeah. a he's not a threatening villain. He's a used car salesman, but he does it with such grace. I love yeah. James Woods in love that him. movie. And I mean, it's like, when was anyone ever going to even grasp the idea of putting Danny DeVito in a Disney movie? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know? I really so, enjoyed that one too. I have that, I have it at 20. No, it's, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. It's got unique animation. It's a laugh a minute. I mean, is it like the sidekick of David Letterman in that movie too? Did yeah. he voice Hermes? Yes. <laughs> Where did you come up with that? Like, who just thought that this would actually be, whoever thought of this, like, I just want to find that person and shake that person's hand and say, I never thought you could make this work, but my God, did you make it work? Yeah. It's a blast. Hercules is a blast. And the music. I mean, the fact that you got the gospel choir. I mean, that doesn't even go with ancient Greek mythology, but it works. Yeah, Yeah, it works. It's really fun. I have Beauty and the Beast at first first place. And my least favorite is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I think animation is beautiful. Love the music. And I just never thought that this story was really great for a Disney film. So. Well, I agree with you. I, I personally have, see, here's the v- very funny thing. It's like, if I were to go through all the movies, it was like Little Mermaid, loved it. Now I think it's okay. Aladdin, loved it. Now I think it's okay. Lion King, hated it as a kid, loved it as an adult. <laughs> um, the Hot Dog of Notre Dame is a beautiful film, beautiful songs, beautiful premise, but that movie should never have been made as a Disney canon classic. That should have been a different Disney project. And as someone who appreciates the talented voice actors, I mean, I think that that's something that was a little bit of a weakness in the Disney world at that point in time, because that was when they were finally starting to use celebrities as voices and they weren't actually going to voice actors. And one of the greatest voice actors of all time, the late Tony Jay voiced Judge Frollo, who is one of the most menacing Disney villains. And the reason why is because the Hunchback of Notre Dame is as real as you can get. So he's a very real villain, and that's yeah. why he's so terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. 
There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Right, so our so our next uh, post-Renaissance era is mm-hmm. Fantasia 2000, Dinosaur, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and Bolt, and yeah, Bolt is the last one. This is the era that I prefer to call the lost era. Yes, <laughs> I love that, Steve. And the That's reason perfect. why I call it that is because, yeah, there's some real dreck in this grouping. But <laughs> it's there's a rough some, time. But yeah. there's some very out-of-the-box ideas, especially towards the beginning and especially mm-hmm. towards the end. And another thing that, I, that I've realized is if you take a look at this specific list of films, what's very interesting is a lot of these are very male-centric. There's a lot of lead characters in these films that are male and not female. So it's definitely not a princess era. Uh, they definitely... Yeah. Well, that was a Michael tra- Eisner thing. He didn't, exactly. think that movies for, uh, didn't think that movies for girls sold. Because that long time in publishing and in movies, there was the idea that that girls would watch anything for boys, but boys wouldn't watch things for girls. And and uh, that and it's so interesting though, because through the history of the Disney Company, movies for quote unquote girls are the things that repeatedly has saved them, whether it's Cinderella or Little Mermaid or Frozen or you know, it's it's kind of well, that's interesting. so funny. That's so funny that you said that, Rachel, because of the fact that that was very much what the 80s were. Because if you take a look at the cartoons of the time, there were boys cartoons, there were girls cartoons mm-hmm. because they 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 just didn't think that the genders would mix, you know, like yeah. and then and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out and everybody loves it. So that yeah. was basically the one that just broke the mold and said <laughs> cartoons don't have to be gender based. But yeah. um no, I mean like there's a lot of great ideas in this grouping. I mean, mm-hmm. I personally love Atlantis the Lost Empire and fun fact, I saw Treasure Planet for the first time 3 years ago and I am so angry that it took me so long to see that movie because I freaking adore it. It is <laughs> wonderful. Is that I your mean, tops for this it, era? In that era, I would probably say that Treasure Planet is my personal favorite Mm -hmm. because it's just a cool, creative take on Treasure Island. And I also know that the creators had been trying to get that movie made for years and they just kept and jeffrey kastenberg just kept saying no 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 and the problem was it came out at a time that nobody was really interested in seeing 2d animation at the time and it's also really funny to believe that that was the same year that lilo and stitch came out they literally had two classics in the same year but i mean i i when i saw the trailer for atlantis the lost empire i went to see that in theaters because it just looked mind-blowing and for me I was always saying when a Disney classic has a PG rating, I get curious. So I want to see what that's about. So I went to take uh, my sister at the time to see Atlantis and we loved it. We both loved it. And I'm a Michael J. Fox junkie. Back to the Future is my favorite film of all time. So anything that Michael J. Fox is attached to, I'll go see it. Um, But no, I don't, I don't care for brother bear. Believe it or not, um, I don't think I don't think that Home on the Range is the worst movie for me. 
mm-hmm. in this bunch. My worst is dinosaur. And I'll yeah, tell you why. So much money spent on the land before time <laughs> redone in the worst way possible. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's a race for the bottom in this, for me, uh, this era. I have uh, Brother Bear at 57, Chicken Little at 58, Ugh. I have Dinosaur at 59, Home on the Range at 60. So <laughs> I, I just Rachel. think that, yeah. It's, We're it's practically crazy. identical, Rachel. 57 <laughs> for me is Brother Bear, 58, Chicken Little, 59, Home on the Range, 60, Dinosaur, of course, and 61, The Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still think that more people should probably give Meet the Robinsons and Bolt a second try because yeah. there's some good oh, stuff in those movies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, and they're very different. I mean, my my wife was the one that told me to watch Meet the Robinsons early in my Out of the Vault days. I was planning to watch that much later, but she loves that movie. Yeah. And when I watched it, I was like, "Wow, this is this is yeah. the villains very." I thought the the idea of the the villain was very ingenious, yeah. very ingenious idea. Not the greatest villain, but definitely one of the most fun villains. And mm-hmm. Bolt is just such a fun idea it's cute it's yeah. cute john travolta ever gonna be a voice i mean that was also what was so interesting i mean in this era you had yeah. john travolta voicing a character and who in a million years ever thought that david spade would voice a disney character yeah that's my of, of, of this era that is my number one uh, yeah, me of the too. Era, emperor's new groove, emperor's new I just, groove. it's so funny and has love, my love, favorite love joke in all well, of disney my issue with the Emperor's New Groove is that Yzma and Kronk needed to be in every scene, not half the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have just, I mean, Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton were comedy gold together. And yeah. when they weren't on, when it was John Goodman and David Spade, I, I was sort of snoozing. Oh, but, really? But I... oh my God, Yzma and Kronk are beautiful <laughs> in that movie. Every scene they're in, I'm laughing. Yeah. I do like la- my favorite joke in all of Disney is wrong lever. <laughs> why do we even have that lever? You should, you should, whatever time I'm trying to put something, if I'm trying to put a package together, I say, first I'll put this in a box and then I'll put this box into another box and then we'll mail that box to myself. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's such an ingenious movie. And also you got, and also you got Tom Jones singing some of the songs. Oh, in that movie Tom Jones. That's awesome. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. So <laughs> this next this next uh, era, where do you think the revival era should end? Do you have a, where you think a post revival era begins? Okay. Um, I think or, it should start with Ralph breaks the internet. Cause that's kind of the Jennifer Lee kind of era. Um, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I personally feel that princess and the frog belongs in the lost years, just because of the fact that it's the, brand new like let's take them out of here and let's bring them to something good you know like let's just go back to our roots mm-hmm. and go back to the 2d animation and let's see what it brings and john lasseter god bless him you know <laughs> then tangled comes out and yeah. everything is great but yeah i think the neo renaissance that's what i refer to it as starts with tangled and then goes to moana Okay, so what would you have as your least and your favorite and least favorite of that group? Okay, so my favorite movie, we talked about Fox and the Hound earlier. Zootopia did that idea much better. Mm -hmm. Zootopia, for me, I think is the most brilliant Disney classic that Disney has ever written. 
It's not about the animation for me. It's not about the characters for me. It's the story. It's Mm -hmm. the comedy. Mm -hmm. It's one of, I had not, you see, it was like when Zootopia and Moana came out in that year, in 2016, and the Oscars were coming, I was saying, oh my God, if you let Moana beat Zootopia, you and I are going to have some issues. Because don't get me wrong, Moana's got some great songs and some beautiful animation, but there was no more brilliant animated film written like Zootopia. Mm-hmm. It's my, it's one of my top three movies. And the cast, Jennifer Goodwin and Jason Bateman. Perfect, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're so good. What a great combo. And yeah. it's also... Outside of the Emperor's New Groove, it was like, when was Disney ever going to try and think of an idea? Like, let's do a buddy cop comedy. You know, let's not make this a musical. Let's Mm -hmm. make this a fun buddy cop comedy. Brilliant. A brilliant movie. It's amazing because you it's one of those movies that you also can rewatch and you'll find something new every time you watch it. It, It's also one of the few Disney classics that I want a sequel for because I want to see more of that world. I know there's a bigger world here and I want it. Yeah, I would love it too. I I really enjoy Zootopia. For me, Tangled was my favorite. I have that at three in my rankings. I'm very high. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I actually have princess and the frog as my lowest just because I just, the, the story just didn't work for me. Yeah. I don't really like that. She gets turned into a frog for most of this, most of the movie. I didn't like the voodoo elements the way that was handled. Um, I, I understand why they did that. Cause they wanted to tell an American story. I just don't particularly care for it. And uh, I don't know, I just, it was very disappointing to me, especially at the time. Um, but yeah, so that's my my favorite and least favorite, but I love Tangled so much. I love, yeah. it's, it, I think I always say it's, I feel like it's Disney's first romantic comedy, like true romantic comedy where you have that romantic banter throughout the entire film. And, uh, and you know, cause for so long, the, usually the, the male character in one of these princess movies you didn't even hardly get to know them at all and uh, and so the way you get to know flynn and that banter is really fun and so yeah that is my my top i i think that more people need to watch tangled because people don't realize how funny it is yeah you know it is really funny and a great villain when i saw the trailer i went to go see a movie with a very good friend of mine my buddy alex and we went to go see the movie and we saw we to see a movie and Tangled was one of the trailers. My friend Alex started laughing so hard in the trailer when the horse laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you that's something you don't see every day. And, and, and Maximus is one of the best oh, characters in the Maximus whole movie. He has so yeah, much personality. Yes. But I, I agree, Rachel. Princess and the Frog is it, it it's got beautiful music. I think that almost there is one of the best Disney songs ever written. But mm-hmm. it could have been, they just needed to put a little more effort into it. But the problem is, it, it's not a bad movie either. The thing is, this era, it, it's so hard to truly say there's a bad movie in this bunch. Every single one of these movies has a good redeeming quality to it. I mean, the, Winnie the Pooh, who in a million years thought there would be a sequel to Winnie the Pooh and still everybody loves it? Yeah, you know, Wreck-It Ralph 
is one of my personal favorites because, you know, we never got a movie like this based on video game culture because video game mm-hmm. culture is very much a thing right now. Frozen for me, I think the songs have officially outdone themselves and I'm a little, du- and I'm like, not really, I'm like, I just want to let them go. No, very pun, very much intended because they've just been here for so, so long. Mm-hmm. Big Hero 6, I love. Uh, I mean, like, it's a Marvel comic book turned into a Disney movie. I mean, I was really upset with myself that I didn't even realize I needed to stick around for a post-credit scene. And the fact that Stan Lee voiced a character at the end was Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful. I I loved Big Hero 6 so much, I even watched the short-lived animated series and just Mm -hmm. had a blast with that show. It was great. Yeah, Big Hero 6. I like it, too. What do you have, Stanford? Your top and bottom. Same. Tang- Tangled is the top, and Princess and the Frog at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Tangled, though. I really need to watch it. I mean, Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi together were beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, so now we've got uh, we've got uh, Ralph breaks the Internet, Frozen Two, Ryan the Last Dragon, Encanto, and Strange World. What is your favorite and least favorite of that new group? Okay, my favorite of this group, believe it or not, is Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite, unfortunately, is Strange World. I mean, when I was hearing mm-hmm. about what Strange World was all about, I, I I wanted, I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, if it's a Disney classic, I wanted to see it because I wanted to review it for my for my audience. So... I think the problem with that movie is it could have been something truly great, but it suffered from a massive identity crisis. I don't think that movie knew what it wanted to be. That was, I think, its downfall. It had potential to be something truly great, and and the world itself that they built in that movie is gorgeous and in and extremely creative. But it, it just was all over the place. That was the problem with that movie. Yeah, and yeah I have it at 56. Yeah, I have really it low. low. I didn't care for it either. <laughs> so agree right. with you. I was sad. I wanted, yeah. I wanted it to be great. That's what we want for every Disney movie, Sanford. Yeah. We want to go into there. We want to just love what we see. But, you know, something, I think we said this even before the camera turned on. Even Disney is never is never truly perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then I have Encanto actually is the highest of that group. I really Same. did enjoy that. So Encanto is a fun movie. I really do enjoy the idea. And I and, and I was a big fan of Mirabelle's voice actress, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, because I'm a diehard Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. So mm-hmm. knowing that she, I didn't even know she could sing. <laughs> and I actually found out that she could sing because of the, in the Heights movie. She was in it. So I was really, I was like, I had no idea that Rosa could sing. I was (laughs) completely shocked. But no, it's a fun movie. I'm a superhero fan. There's definitely a superhero element to it. The Mm -hmm. songs, I mean, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. How hard, how bad could they be? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But the thing I like about Ryan the Last Dragon is I love the world. I love the characters. And because Aquafina is one of God's many gifts to the world. I find her to be one of my favorite yeah. comedic actresses and her playing the dragon Sisu was a riot. Mm-hmm. And I was also very happy that 
Kelly Marie Tran was given this opportunity mm -hmm. to be in this movie after all the crap, pardon my language, that she got for Star Wars The Last yeah. Jedi. Granted, yeah. I'm one of those people that didn't care for that movie, but it was not her fault. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I agree. So and it was fun. That I, she got that. I got to see at Animation is Film Festival, which is such a great festival. If anybody gets a chance to go to it, it's so good. I got to see Ryan Lost Dragon. And she was there. And so that was a really neat experience. I have it at 28. I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's got some. Yeah, I like flaws, Riot but, too. But I overall, I overall enjoy it. Yeah. And um, yeah. Beautiful movie, I think. We, we do, I, however, have to address one more very important thing. We do mm -hmm. have to address that in this grouping of films, the greatest moment comes in Ralph Breaks the Internet with all the princesses in one yeah, place. Super fun. That is what <laughs> I can watch that scene all the time. And I just love what goes on. And I got to give them props for getting as many of the original voices back as they could. Yeah. That was yeah. such a great, when I heard that that was the case, I literally like went, bravo guys, you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> well, Rachel and I are both big fans of, yeah, of, we really uh, like of Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. This was a blast. So much fun to catch up here. Your, your hot takes on disney so i know much fun. thank you steve this was so much fun <laughs> oh it was so great to talk to you guys i love talking about disney rachel i'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on wish when it does come out because yeah. i got to admit you know i didn't know what to think about it when i saw the trailers but it, it, it definitely is gonna it looks like something i want to see I really do. I just hope it's like an actual story and not. Oh, I'm just hoping. Um, it's gonna be good. It just made I, me oh nervous at D23. They played this sizzle reel with like, Disney, we're the reason that people wish on stars. And then they were like, I was like, oh gosh. Um, yeah. So I just like, I hope this is a real movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, but thanks for coming on. And if people want to follow you, your channel, all the stuff you do, how do they do that? Okay, well, uh, like I said earlier, guys, uh, a lot of stuff has changed on my original channel, which is called The Lawn Gnome. But I will just let you know that I don't delete a single video. So if you want to see the last 12 years of stuff that I have done, new episodes of Out of the Vault do come out once every other month now as opposed to once a month because if i did them once a month i'd be out of movies to watch so uh tune in this sunday to see my review of elemental i hope you guys enjoy it yeah. and um if you guys are interested in discussions about comic book stuff comic book movies comic books themselves uh check out my second channel which is called that's comical that's c-o-m-i-c hyphen c-a-l it's a play on words obviously where my friends and i or just myself or a single person will just talk about everything from comic books to manga to superhero themed movies we try and cover that world of fantasy as much as we can and we have incredible conversations we are all enjoying each other's company there very much very good all right uh, stanford where can people find you on threads i'm at stanford clark and i have a movie podcast and blog that you can find at moviespastandpresent.com Great. And you can find you can find us at Disney Talking on Twitter and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media. And please, if you like this episode, please leave your ratings and reviews on iTunes. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. Also have the patron group and merch store. Check that out. 
And uh, we have hashtag animation junkie shirts that you can get. And uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you all later.